0: Welcome back to the Travelling Music Therapist Podcast. This is episode 20 and I've made my way to Brighton. Um, if you're not familiar where Brighton is, it's a little bit south of London. I think it took about an hour and a half on the train. Uh, pretty easy to get to. It's lovely, yeah, it's nice and quiet. Um, but today I have with me Olivia Below and Jimid Gallagher from Creative Note Music Therapy. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much.
0: We're right by the sea. Is there a beach along?
1: Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a there's a beach, but there, it's not a sandy beach. So it's oh, it's okay. like got loads of uh, pebbles and yeah. stones and things. But it's quite nice, yeah. especially in, when the sun comes out. Yeah, the um, <laughs> when lucky. the sun comes. Yeah. Out. Does it come out be often? <laughs> actually, yeah. I think Brighton's got one of the the highest um, sort of rates of sunshine in the UK. Oh, great. Yeah, so it's not a bad place to be. It's partly yeah. why we came here as well. Oh,
2: okay, yeah.
1: Um, just for the the weather and yeah. half and a year
2: yeah. is sun actually. It is, May yeah. Is but you
1: were very lucky to get a a, a train here, because very <laughs> often they they don't run very well at all, really? especially from London.
0: Ooh, some stripes. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's, it's. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's no pretty problem. bad. So. <laughs> but so why is that? Because of you have got
2: Strikes, yeah. Uh, Strikes.
1: Strikes and, um, yeah, that's mainly it, really. (laughs) And it it never runs on time anyway. Whatever the company that's running the train line in this area, it's it's not very good at all. Well,
0: I had no idea. And um, even when I was in London, I was amazed by the public transport there. I think within the city, the tube stations there, they're all so... There's there's a train coming, like, every few minutes. But they're very small, each train, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But because they're running so often, yeah. Mm, um, yeah, they must be able to get people around. The other thing that um, I was kind of surprised by is the number of buses in London, in central London. There's so many of them. You look down the street and there's like at least two that you can see always.
1: Yeah, I think it would be a nightmare to actually drive in London. Oh, yeah. Uh, not yeah. that you would need to, although. I suppose if you were carrying those instruments and stuff. True, it, yeah. yeah.
0: So, um with your work here as music therapist, you do a lot of driving?
1: We travel um about up to say an hour's um mm. journey mm-hmm. from Brighton. From so Bright. a lot of our work is would be in care homes, um, more in the countryside, sort right. of between here and London. Yeah. Um yeah. Oh so. right,
0: okay. So, um, so with your practice, creative note music therapy, how long have you been
2: doing that for? Since September two thousand fifteen, I think. Yeah, no, yeah. oh, it's okay. been a year and a half. Eighteen months now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and how's it going? Is it?
2: It's growing. growing? It's going well.
0: Yeah. So is it just the two of you with the. Yeah. For now, yes, it's the two of us. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> and why did you decide to join teams and create creative note?
1: We met, um, when we were studying in Edinburgh, right. um, in Queen Margaret University and, um, then Olivia continued, um, her studies in Bristol mm-hmm. as well. Um, and when we finished, um, I moved back to where I'm from in Ireland, in yeah. Derry, and, um, we thought we Could team up um, because we got on quite well you know when we're studying and we thought where where could we go Mm. so we wanted to go somewhere that neither of us had sort of lived before and we had a look at Brighton um, and we thought that it seemed quite like a creative place and quite like open-minded and things like that um, and maybe more opportunities Mm. um, to find clients okay so
0: you're saying like more opportunities Um, was it difficult where you were in Ireland and
1: um and yeah, it was I think because um in general a lot of places didn't have very much finances to to sort of um support music therapy mm-hmm. interventions. Yeah, that's a story um, everywhere, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um. But in the north of Ireland, in particular, it's it was quite bad, and um, I think that there's obviously scope for music therapy there, but it just would take a long time to yeah. to really sort of get anywhere and um, I could get by there but I just wanted something different as well, mm-hmm. just wanted a change. And yeah.
2: until then you need to compromise a lot about the practice which is not Yeah, you know, yeah, always a yeah. good idea. That's I don't know
1: about right. you Olivia?
0: Yeah so what were your experiences before coming to Brighton?
2: I did try with Jeremy to set up the practice in the north of Ireland but mm-hmm. as he said it wasn't the easiest mm-hmm. place to be so just
1: but you were in Bristol as well before that,
3: weren't you?
2: For a couple of months after my training, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but it was just one setting, it was just a nursery. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I started there and then, mm-hmm. but it was a short contract, so we needed to move
1: anyway. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So you both studied in, um, in Edinburgh, and was I, that an undergraduate course?
1: No, um, it was a master's, um, so there, there aren't any undergrad courses as far as I'm aware in the UK right. for music therapy. That's the
0: same as Australia. Yeah, so it's all
1: post-grad, um, uh, and so the master's in, in Edinburgh was like an MSc, most of them are MAs. My and training they'll...
2: was in Bristol actually. That the thing is started right. there, and then I did the course yeah, in started Bristol. just
1: for a year in Edinburgh, uh-huh. and then transferred to Transfer to, to, to Bristol. Bristol yeah. Which it um, was
2: actually part time course. It was a but for me until I get used to the language. Right, <laughs> I'm not from here. <laughs> right, where are you from? I'm from Cyprus.
0: Cyprus. Yeah. Right. So how long have you been in England?
2: Two thousand
0: and ten.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. so not not for very long then. No. <laughs> and was that for study?
2: Yeah, I started studying. Yeah, yeah would be easier to practice here than in Cyprus.
0: Right, yeah, it yeah, <laughs> <as that, well. laughs> might be difficult over there too. Um, so, with the masters courses, so once you finish the masters then you're, I guess, accredited mm-hmm. as a music therapist here?
1: Uh Yeah, you just have to register with register. the Health and Care Professions Council, <gasps> HCPC.
0: Oh, so it's the Health and Care Professions Council. Professions, Cons- Professions
1: Profess- Council. Yeah, you probably, I don't know, something similar. And, Australia, Um, like a. uh, We've
0: got like the Allied Health. Um, Yeah. Mm. yeah. But we have our own um, music therapy association. So the Australian Music Therapy Association. I'm sure you've got something like that as well. Yeah, the British British Association Association of Music Therapy. Yeah, Yeah. so we register with the association. A few places, um, like in Australia, we've had a bit of trouble with people practicing music therapy and not joining an association or the, the Health practitioners um, Council, that kind of thing. Is there similar things going on in England? or?
1: Yeah, I think that that's always a sort of issue, I think anywhere, yeah. um, uh, that people don't realize that you need to have studied a specific course and I yeah. think they can go and, you know, Bring their guitar in and they're doing music yeah, therapy yeah, yeah, yeah. without really understanding yeah. about the relationship aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've had examples of that. So we went to a care home, mm-hmm. and they said we have we already have music therapy, okay. and we said so that's great. Um, mm-hmm. Who is it that's providing it? And it turned out that they weren't actually music therapists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what they were called any no, again, but yeah. um, on their website they said. They didn't say they did music therapy, but they said, uh, there was a line, uh, we can see up to 40 residents and oh that makes it 40 times more effective than a traditional music therapy session. <gasps> so we were like, hmm, okay. But they didn't <laughs> provide any evidence for 40 this.
0: 40 times more effective. 20 actually. 20 or something, 20, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, I'm just exaggerating. Still, that's, but, that's a pretty yeah. big thing to put on your website. Yeah, obviously hmm. we
1: were a bit like, hmm. Mm-hmm. So I talked to my supervisor about it and he was like "Mm, I would probably just I would probably report this to somebody so we went to the British Association of Um, Music Therapy and to be fair they said uh, they got in contact with the company Mm -hmm. and they did they just took that line out but um, they wanted to know if we wanted to take it any further but we said we'll just leave it. It's a little bit difficult to take it further isn't it
0: because um, I don't know do do you guys have an official title as a music therapist or is it just music therapist? in australia for example we are called registered music therapists because we're registered with the association uh no it's i think that because the music therapist
2: the protected title yeah we can't actually say that we're music therapists without being registered right yeah that's yeah, yeah be- so be- th- because it's mm. like
1: a protected title mm. like as in um it, with the hcpc which is right. great that's wonderful so, so they they do they that would fall in line with things like physiotherapy speech mm-hmm. and language therapy yeah. uh occupational therapy um, so we are protected in the same way that those, yep. um, professionals would be as well. Mm, so mm. we don't have to say that we're a registered music therapist because music therapy is already already a, a, a sort of title. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That is so wonderful. I think that's something that we'd like to eventually work towards in Australia. And I think in America is a similar sort of thing where, um, and Japan actually where I just came from. Um, in Japan, they're called registered music therapists. In America, they're called board-certified board music therapists. Um, just to distinguish us, I guess, from the non-registered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's interesting. I guess we've got similar sort of things happening everywhere. Anyway, so I wanted to ask you both, how did you find out about music therapy? Why did you want to become a music therapist?
1: you want to go first?
2: I'll give you a... I'll go first. <laughs> <and> you <laughs> need have a think about it. Yeah, okay. To...
1: Um, I Actually, I know lots of people, they say, "Oh, I knew straight away I wanted to be a music therapist. But for me, it wasn't really like that because I, I did my undergrad degree in music mm-hmm. in Manchester mm-hmm. and uh, I played the violin and I thought I wanted to, to play in orchestras and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, But then I realised I, I didn't really want to practise for eight hours uh, by <laughs> yeah. myself yeah. in a room. Mm-hmm. And what was exciting for me was um, uh, being with somebody else or playing with someone else. Mm-hmm. So in an orchestra, or even when I was playing on my own, it was always like the audience reaction. Mm. So there's always a connection with someone else. But I never understood it at the time until I saw music therapy. And my mum actually said, oh, this looks good. And uh, so I applied. And as I started the course, I was like, ah, that was what it was. It was Mm. that connection with someone else. Mm. And and that relationship, even if you're playing by yourself, it's never just just you playing, mm. there's someone else there, like, even mentally, yeah. you know, um, so that's sort of how I got into yeah. music so therapy. Did, you,
0: did your mom um, somewhere?
1: Yeah, she, well, I think, obviously, you know, mums, like, they worry about you and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so after I finished my undergrad, um, yeah. I was kind of like, mm, not sure what to do. Also, so was your
0: undergrad in music? It was in music, right, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't sure what to do. So I'd, I was teaching for a while, but it mm-hmm. was well there was something missing. Yeah, so yeah. she just, I think she was just searching for like career options or something, mm-hmm. and she was yeah. like, "Oh, music therapy. What about this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so I just did a bit of research into it, and I thought, "Okay, I'll give that a go." Mm-hmm. But it was yeah. quite, it was quite, it's quite nerve wracking for me because I was used to reading music and stuff. So the improvisation element, oh, yeah. of it, was a bit scary at the start, but yep. then it was actually quite liberating as well mm. afterwards.
2: Yep. So it's quite good.
0: I never liked reading a manuscript. Oh right, <laughs> so you're the opposite, you like improvisation more. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: and it actually worked when I found out about music therapy and mm-hmm. I didn't know until I finished my undergrad as well. Mm-hmm. In music? And, yes, in music and I was in Greece yeah. and uh, I was lucky to just have a friend that do went to short course about music therapy so I could actually find out yeah. and my mom helped with that as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a common theme that our mums help us find, yeah. um, I guess, music therapy. I do well, mm. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a few music therapists who have said that it was their mum. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, that helped them find this career. Um, so back in Greece, were there many people studying music therapy?
2: There's no course in Greece or Cyprus actually, yeah. that's the reason why I came here to do yeah. Um All the music therapy there, they have started study mm-hmm. somewhere in the UK or the U- Yeah,
0: I mean it's so close here in Europe, every, every country is so close, it's just that Australia is yeah. so far. That's the thing, because
1: <laughs> you have sort of different perspectives from yeah. from where we are, so yeah. um, I've been to Cyprus and it's... Uh, four and a half five hours on the plane and we think that's really long but it's probably just like <laughs> no. that's going
0: across country for yeah <laughs> it's basically it. the country. <laughs> yeah
1: it's really weird when you think about it like that um but yeah a lot of greek people and other people from other eu countries have have, have come here and brighton actually has got a, a massive greek community oh okay so right. it's really interesting
0: brighton especially seems very very multicultural yeah. Are oh, oh. you were saying that
1: Brighton is a little bit more like, I don't know, creative, open minded Absolutely, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Brighton's got the the only um so it's got the only Green MP in Parliament here. Oh. Uh, from like the Green Party. Right. So that every uh, uh, the, the so state, politically it's yeah, different as well. T- kind of like yeah, oh, so okay. it's quite it's quite um I guess more liberal in yeah. a way. More right. inclusive. Or <laughs> inclusive, <Or> inclusive <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good word actually. Uh,
0: yeah, no, um, when I was doing my research about going to Brighton, I heard that it was a very, like, music and arts kind of place. Yeah. They try
2: a lot of different things, mm-hmm. It's good.
0: Mm. Last night, actually, um, the reason why I came to Brighton was I booked tickets to go see the London Philharmonic Orchestra. And when I was on their website, I thought the concert was going to be in London. Oh. <laughs> and then I booked them, and then I was searching up, where's Brighton Dome in London? Oh, it's not in London. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have to yeah. go to Brighton, but um, we're lucky. Okay. Okay, it's not okay. too far away, then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, it's not but too far. Um, yeah, but so the London Philharmonic it was lovely yesterday. Yeah, it was
1: really nice to. To do concert yeah. last night was it in Yeah, London? last night.
0: Went to yeah. one. Uh, we went last to year. one last year. Oh, okay. It was great. Yeah, it's mm. yeah. it a
1: nice um, sort of concert hall as well. There. Yeah.
0: Do they come down here often?
1: I think they come maybe four or five times I think a year. A year. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ah, and I just <laughs> happened to pick one of them. One of the times they were in Brighton. <laughs> That's great, though. I was, um, I was kind of right up the front and I was able to see all the um, performers on stage. And I, <laughs> I could totally see like the younger performers. Um, there was one guy in particular who was playing a uh, viola. And for some reason, um, the violas and the cellos had switched places. Okay. I don't know if they always do that, but that was, yeah.
1: So with the cellos in the, in the, in the centre? Yeah, in the middle yeah.
0: between the second violins and mm. the violas who are right up the front where the cellos usually are. Anyway, so I could really see this one violist playing and he just had like, he was so expressive and he was so passionate and I could pick out like a few other people who were playing like that as well and then you can see the people who are, uh, I guess, a little bit older and I think they've been part of the orchestra for such a long time <laughs> that it's almost mechanical. <laughs> oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and I was having a look at that and thinking like wow there's there's such a difference I can see like the way that they're connecting with music
1: it's really interesting mm. that you say that because that was kind of my experience with playing right. in orchestras as well so yeah. whenever I played with a, like a youth orchestra back at home um, it was like the most exciting time mm-hmm. and it was great and I was playing all this great big new music mm-hmm. and then when I went in Manchester I was basically in like the the philharmonic the symphony orchestra the new music ensemble Mm -hmm. like literally all of these things Mm -hmm. and because i said yes to everything i was like kind of like constantly rehearsing stuff and it was kind of i kind of lost the joy of it like a little bit more so it kind of i don't know as you say once you've played all that music and then you come back to it maybe you lose the connection to it or something Mm. it's not as fresh and that's why improvisation and and being in the moment yeah it's exciting, mm. you know,
0: because it's new. Yeah, definitely. Do you think your relationship to music is different from when you were studying maybe your music undergrad as compared to now yeah. using it in a therapy setting? It's
3: more fun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just improvising is fun. It's every, all the ti- every time it's new.
0: Just mm. great. Mm. Well, what's Duper. been the hardest thing about setting up a private practice? The yeah.
2: difficulty is that because we're actually not working for another for a company we're when the no contract was self-employed it yeah. takes more time mm. and it's to set up things to do everything around so it's actually it's exhausting yeah <laughs> even if we try to find things that they still keep your mind around how to do things
0: that's true and yeah. keep moving. we Mm. so very busy <laughs> it's yep. hard to uh, it's hard to kind of stop thinking about work
2: isn't it um, you, you don't to practically do something it's just still yeah
0: Keep. Yeah.
1: especially okay. as you yeah with being self-employed because mm. you're always having to try and find um, new clients or mm. um, there's the whole um, you know uh, preparing and mm doing all the admin stuff, so like, spreadsheets and accounts and all of that, yeah. you know, So we're constantly thinking about work, even if it's not the actual Yeah. clinical work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of yeah. the biggest challenges as well is that because we're setting up work, we're not just going in to do the clinical work, we're having to advocate for music therapy mm-hmm. as a profession, yeah. and that's quite challenging. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's an ongoing thing yeah. for many people.
0: Absolutely, yeah. In Australia, we made... Um, the Australian Music Therapy Association made um, six videos. They're little animated videos um, that illustrate what music therapy might look like in certain settings. Um, they're very cute, and they're all up on YouTube. So I'll leave a link in this podcast in the show notes as well, but I can send you both links to that. That'd be great, actually. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. Um, what, how that came about was I originally made an animation... Um, I did one of those um, online funding things. Oh, what was it called? Kickstarter. Oh, so I yeah. used Kickstarter and I funded a little project which was this little two and a half minute video. And so it illustrates what music therapy might look like and what it could do for a little child who might have some developmental delays. And so, because that's the main area that I work in. And I just wanted something very simple and easy that people can just look at and just. Just understand, and I made it very simple as well, so even children can like look at it, and um, yeah, just well, understand what it just... yeah, is. I'll, yeah, I'll send you links for that. <laughs> um, but I think finding ways to advocate for music therapy um, without making it too simple, but without making it sound wishy-washy, you know, like a, it's just a thing where people come and play the guitar and make people feel good. You know, mm. it's 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 tricky. We're all very creative people. But then we also have to be, especially in private practice, we have to be very business-minded, mm. and have to be able to deal with the admin and that kind of thing. I think I definitely struggled with that as well, or struggling in the process of.
1: <laughs> yeah, mm. Olivia's very organised though, so I think that helps if you're. If oh, you're that's trying. good. Yes. Yeah, it's difficult. I'm not.
0: She's <laughs> <laughs> changing hat every
2: time. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Li-
1: literally. Yeah in the diary have to do this at this time yep. you know yep. just be very disciplined with that <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, but, I mean advocating for music therapy it's it's hard because you know we've been to places and the, the managers said oh you can't talk to the staff because you're an outsider
2: <gasps> that, was that was to Olivia yeah. really? I don't know if you want
1: to talk a bit about that that
2: just it wasn't the right
3: place.
2: Mm-hmm. So just yeah, didn't have much freedom to explain what it is and set it up the way mm-hmm. it's supposed to be.
3: Yeah. So
2: it was um, when I communicated with the staff as um, I was an outsider or um, manipulating the staff by actually trying to communicate with them. Yeah. So it wasn't the right place and I decided not to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, to continue them.
1: So that was a negative experience.
3: Yeah. Not but they're not always that. like that. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, it's tricky when especially when they don't know what music therapy is, have zero idea what it could do for their clients, mm. they can be very, very close. Because um, like we were talking before, funding is such a big problem mm. and everyone is struggling with funding and they want to, you know, put money towards something that they think that could actually help. But if you can't get that foot in the door, mm. Yes, it can be tricky. So with your work, it sounds like most of the time you go into like either nursing homes or that kind of institution and do your work? Some of them is
2: that, and we've got other one-to-one work with them. Um, I work with my um, doctor, children. Adoptive children? Mm-hmm. Adoptive children. Ado- yeah, yeah.
0: Right.
2: So it's a more one-to-one. It's a different way of working than a care home. Mm. And some with, yeah. So in that
0: yeah. setting is the child with the new adoptive parents?
2: It depends actually they come at different times to actually assess the case, they come together mm-hmm. and we just assess what is best mm-hmm. to start with and yeah. then bring the parents in as well
0: right. Sometimes
2: it doesn't work It's okay. a completely different person when the parents come in <laughs> and they don't communicate at all
0: <laughs> Oh that's tricky But then th- I guess music therapy can bridge that communication yes. between them. Yeah. Mm. That's so interesting. So, with with that kind of work, are the main goals around helping the child
2: to find their own identity, oh. be able to communicate what they need, what they mm. just
0: yeah communicate. Yeah. And so, what those children? Do they come from?
2: Orphanages, or where, where As prob- uh, most of the time it's from families though because of neglect or abuse, they were taken from right. the biological parents, and there's so no trauma. Yes, a lot, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, because they're really young, mm-hmm. they can't actually express it, they can't verbalize mm-hmm. how they how old are they roughly between eight and twelve. But when it started, they were two, three, so everything is non verbal, yeah. So when difficult
1: they abuse and the they trauma the abuse, they abuse yeah. sorry yeah. yeah
0: right so have you found that, that abuse and trauma um, from those early years has uh, affected their development
2: some of them yeah they're actually more they are um, they present themselves actually younger than they are they just four mm. instead of eight or twelve
3: mm.
0: it's development sometimes yeah. yeah they haven't been able to process that
2: and just came the them a different environment they all of them tried talking therapy but because it didn't work they were referred
3: right
0: to oh okay <laughs> so, so they tried yeah <laughs> the more traditional <laughs> so they tried the traditional methods yeah. and that didn't work so they
1: yeah but those clients came um from
0: a... from
2: a psychologist yes yeah so
1: a... we there's just obviously their own um sort of service as well but they started referring clients to us oh, because right. obviously she said the, the
2: Talking therapies,
0: yeah, it's difficult sometimes. So yeah. yeah. Mm. So once you get the referrals from them, do you then, um, I guess, do another hand over back, or do you, is there kind of like a collaboration between the psychologists and you? Or
2: work at their setting. Is there so we actually we
1: discuss the discuss
2: the, the, the what happened and how to move on and mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually close
1: that's a relatively new, um, client, client group that yep. Olivia started with, so we haven't therapies. really got to the mm-hmm. end of the
0: therapy, therapy process crack. with anybody yet. <laughs> right, okay. So
2: yeah, yeah, music yeah. therapy is new for them as well as um yeah. setting.
0: That's wonderful though, um, did you, um, go to the psychologist, or did they come and find you with that particular work?
2: <laughs> Like before we moved, actually, decided to move to Brighton and start working, did contact a lot of settings, and was one of them.
3: Oh, and, right. Yeah.
1: But that was two years ago. Yes. yes. So it's taken maybe nearly two years yeah. to start getting clients referred from them. Yeah. And that's one of the other things, which is sometimes it you have to be very patient yes. and um, persevere. Mm. Um, so obviously they wanted to know a lot about music therapy because they didn't know and so they wanted some sort of like more of a theoretical basis for it mm-hmm. um so we, we, we had to do all that and finally yeah. they were like great let's refer you some clients and they're actually wanting to give you more and more now aren't they
3: so that is so great. wonderful
0: it just shows that it takes time <laughs> yeah that's the thing yeah. Yeah. and when you're in private practice you can't um I get get down on yourself if you know you send out all these you know wonderful emails and you don't get any responses but you know it could lead to something in the future yeah, yeah. just
2: to be patient yeah <laughs> i just i just remember
1: at the start having a list of um <laughs> 300 400 care homes there's literally loads of care nursing homes in this area as yeah. well it's quite like a retirement sort of community yeah not necessarily in brighton but in the surrounding areas yeah um and just going three hundred emails and having like maybe ten responses mm-hmm, and then 10, from that 10. you'll have five that will 10. meet you and then from that you'll have maybe two or three yeah um pieces of work then from yeah. that but um but that's the way it is and
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's perseverance. It's one way it? to do. It. Oh, that's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and once you get in there, so, so you have uh, care homes like or people that own. Many care homes in the area, so when right. you start in one, then you yep. say you come and have a look to see what we do. And yeah, good reference,
2: yeah. The, yeah, the favoured clan group with the care homes. Talk yeah. about oh, right. We
1: talk about that a lot, don't we? <laughs> We're also working with um, uh, young adults with uh, PMLD, profound and multiple learning disabilities. Right, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Difficulties? Her. Difficulties, disabilities. I'm not I'm never never sure about that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: one of them. <laughs> oh, great! So, um, in those care homes, so they're a
1: little bit younger. Uh, uh, so I guess eighteen to twenty four. Right. Um, and uh, uh, some of them are, are residents. They have like a residential thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them just come in like day, and, right, and yeah. leave and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, that that's really a really nice setting. Um. I mean, that's probably, be, we've been there the longest out of any of the settings. Right. Um, so we've really got to know um, some of the young adults that come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there many
0: music therapists in Brighton? I should have asked that at the beginning. No. <laughs> Are there many? It should
1: be about one. No. If you go on the BAMT website, you can click <laughs> find a <laughs> the therapist. <laughs> that's true. Oh, okay, literally, right. I do that. It so literally what comes is um B A M T. Dot org, dot UK. Oh,
0: uh, so what does that stand for? The British Association, Association of Music oh, Therapy. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah, dot org, dot UK. But I guess there's.
2: Might four. not be just in Brighton because of the lots of right. places around. Yeah. Because we all travel and just.
1: There's a few. There's Belltree Music Therapy as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's they probably a few independent. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Most of them, yeah.
1: Oh, great. So they're sort of the main ones, and then there's us. And then that's pretty much it apart from (laughs) I'm sure there's other individuals as well. Yeah. And maybe older music therapists.
0: Are there many positions available where you're actually employed by an age care facility or a hospital or something?
2: Mostly in London.
1: In London there are. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's pretty much (laughs) it. So the band sent out send out um job adverts Mm -hmm. um every so often. Predominantly they'll be in London. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. (laughs) Right. <laughs> so
1: if you don't find music therapists, they're all in other nodes there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so not many in Brighton mm-hmm. that we've seen.
2: i say Sussex, but it's a big antidote. Right. So Sussex is. East, the, yeah. the the, the South com-
0: This is, is the, the
1: yeah Sussex is like the county mm-hmm. um, where Brighton is yeah. obviously.
0: Yeah. So I was hoping um, to ask each of you if you could share a memorable case with us.
2: The one that is memorable for me was when I was um still training. Actually, mm-hmm. it was um brain injury. You it. there was a man who couldn't didn't communicate in any way. No move, uh, couldn't move his hands, fingers.
0: Mm-hmm. How old was he? It
2: was um between forty and fifty, I think. Okay. I can't remember exactly the age now. It's been it's been a while, mm-hmm. and um as soon as we put his hand on the keepers that are playing chords. With hmm. something new mm-hmm. for them and it's just it was, it was a surprise actually because it does nothing it yeah. works with nothing without it's a first. It was his first time and on the way out I just um after a long time opened his mouth said, Thank you for inviting me and that it's left and both me and the occupational therapist just going in tears. <laughs> Wow. History.
0: So he had uh, completely no movement? No 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 movement, no communication. No movement. And as soon as you put his hand on the keyboard. He
2: started playing this broken chord, yeah. Wow.
0: It's That's amazing. So did you know that he had a musical uh, history?
2: No. No? Because there's <laughs> no communication, no family No In, family. Um he was new to the unit so they didn't know a lot about him, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that the occupational therapist must have been so shocked. Yes, actually we were both. <laughs> yeah. Were yeah. there much music therapy work going... I mean, I guess you were there doing your placement. They didn't have
2: any employed. I mean, they were all training, so because every year were new students, they didn't employ. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is not the... Because it doesn't... They don't allow it time to develop.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe they have now. Yeah.
2: It's
0: been a while. <laughs> wow, but that is an exceptional case. So, did you. Was that just one session, a one off session?
2: I think just three or four.
0: Three or four sessions. It was uh,
2: nearly the end of my placement there. So right. They didn't uh-huh. have enough, but I something, to remember. The, anything could happen, actually.
0: Yeah. 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 That <laughs> is crazy. So, you had no idea that he had any kind of musical background? Wow. From what he
2: he had, but he didn't know about it at the time. Mm. And it just
0: yeah. How did he did he show any expression in his face when that was all happening?
2: He was focused on the uh, on the keyboard actually, just really and focused. just the uh, eye contact we got on the way out. Mm. Just actually decided to just thank for. Coming wow.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. How do you know how long after the brain injury that was?
2: that was actually not a long time after, and it was uh, thing, traumatic brain injury so it was an accident right. it had, and it was affected
0: wow a lot amazing. yeah that kind of thing just, just stays doesn't it <laughs> 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 yeah and um, brain injury clients, I, I work a little bit with acquired brain injury mm-hmm. as well but with younger children um, it's just uh, crazy how our brain can work even if it is injured in some spots, mm. but the way that music just stimulates all the areas of your brain. Um, yeah, we're very capable of a lot.
2: There a, a of the people brain injury can hold um cup or fork and they actually play for the whole session the guitar. Mm. It's just more motivated, motivated, yeah. motivated as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, The pain is going to mask at the end. Is your arm okay? I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, I had um, a young child, she had cerebral palsy, I think that was her diagnosis, um, but she was very small still, she was always, um, she couldn't walk so she was in a wheelchair, but she had this tray in front of her, and she'd get very agitated if that tray wasn't there, because then that meant that she couldn't eat, she couldn't do her drawing, mm. Um, she's quite verbal, um, she was very good verbally, but she didn't have much strength in her arms, so if the tray wasn't there, she couldn't actually keep her arms up. Mm. And, and yeah, so she didn't have that muscle control or strength or flexibility until we started doing our music therapy sessions um, because her mother said that she really likes listening to music. And so we just went along and I put a few of the small percussion instruments on her tray first. And she actually reached out and played a few of them and I tried to take the tray away to just get her to try and maybe Mm. use the castanets without the tray in front of her so she didn't have to lean on it and she was no 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 I don't want to do that Um, so I thought okay okay well maybe we'll put um, some bells on her legs as well and then so we did that and she was actually moving her legs which she never did and then She just got really interested. This all happened in about maybe like five ten minutes. And then I asked her, how about we try playing the guitar? It was just very quick because she's very intelligent. She easily got bored of things. And so I I said, let's try the guitar now. And she was like, yeah, I really want to. But I just made it obvious like, look, I can't do it with the tray there. So she was like, okay, okay. So we took the tray away and um, she saw me playing with the pick. And so she didn't want to just use her hands, she wanted to use the pick, which is quite... um, It's an advanced skill for someone who doesn't have that motor control. Um, but she just wouldn't, you know, just wouldn't let it go. So I was like, okay, okay, you just have to be, you know, use it just with two fingers. Make sure you can do this? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she started playing, reaching out, and for, you know, five, ten minutes at a time. And it was amazing because... Up until then, she would do nothing without having her arms rested on the tray, mm-hmm. in front. She did get tired, but it was just, from there, We I think we had maybe like four or five sessions. And each time, by the end, she was able to use both hands with the picks, and, you, you know, for about train. 20, 30 minutes at a time. Uh, yeah, it was just very motivating for her. Um, yeah, it's amazing. That's
1: really yeah. good, actually. <laughs> mm. yeah
0: yeah yeah and so eventually um i checked in with the family and asked you know have we been able to take away the tray for other activities and they said yeah yeah it's actually really helped that was one of our goals for her to not um uh, use the tray as much yeah mm. so
1: she was developing all this other skills and yeah and mm. muscle um growth yeah. and things like that exactly. well. so
0: i mean it's wonderful that we can see so many things happen in our music therapy session but i guess the end goal is for us to build skills that they can use in their everyday life.
1: Absolutely. We'll take mm. them out yeah. of the
2: room,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the ideal, isn't that's it? To so not time. reliant on us.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. <laughs> if they rely on us, we don't do our job very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's about building their own skills, their yeah. capacities to be able to use it outside of our sessions. <laughs> um, Jim, can you um, share a memorable case with
1: us? Memorable? so really interesting no um,
0: I mean yeah like all like,
1: the cases are quite memorable <laughs> I suppose it's difficult to really think of sort of like a magical case or mm. a great case because a lot of the stuff that happens is sort of in the moment and it's, it's the little tiny things mm. and what's what's progress for someone that might be so small compared to someone else mm. Um, memorable I guess memorable doesn't always mean sort of positive as well as well mm, it's just like it right. mm-hmm. so like um well,
0: learning
1: yeah like whenever I was studying again on um, placement and i like, going back to brain injury <laughs> awards
3: mm-hmm.
1: again but all of you know this knows this um story um I was working with a gentleman who was maybe about 50 years old and he had um had quite like a complicated stroke um and he it was in an NHS setting um, National Health Service and it was at an acute brain injury ward so most of the people that were going in there weren't staying very long they were being moved on or, or you know occupational therapists and things were, were working with them and this gentleman had been on this ward for a year which was just unheard of being because it's like a hospital ward so he's supposed to move on somewhere else or have have something happen but I was working with him maybe eight or nine weeks whilst on placement and he had so limited speech and it was often very difficult to understand what he was saying um, and movement was quite limited he could use his fingers to sort of tap some keys on the keyboard or you know but very slow movement and uh, I remember one session he said um he felt like a prisoner mm. which was really interesting because he'd been in the hospital ward for a year mm. and um was going what does this mean this is really interesting and we were at one session and it was the longest session we'd had so obviously it varied in time uh you know some were longer some were shorter but we maybe have been in the session for 35 minutes or so and he was we were just playing together on the keyboard with some um, a gentle accompaniment from me and he was just doing a little melody in the right hand and just all, out of nowhere all of a sudden he just um, moved his right arm and basically hit me in the face.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Wow. <laughs> like really hard like really yeah. punched me in the face.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that was quite memorable.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be memorable.
1: But, um, and I was just, this is like one of my first placements and I'm going, what, what's going on? Yeah. And, and I, sta- I stand up, right? And this has been recorded, okay? Yeah. Um, so I stand up mm-hmm. and he does this, like he's expecting me to attack him,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so he defends himself. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you all right? He said, we're going off to the end session now, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, um, that was, that was fine. And I spoke to my supervisor,
3: and, and,
1: but it was so shocking because this person was he literally, he, nev- he doesn't move fast, he'd never move fast, and it was a, a, such a swift movement. was mm-hmm. not a nice one, but yeah. it was such an unusual yes. occurrence. It's and I was trying to think was it something that I did? <laughs> what was it? You know, was it a, a, a sort of instinctive reaction? Mm. What was going on with that? <laughs> i went back the next week and I s- it was like the final week and yeah. i said do you want to come and he said yeah but um, obviously someone else came in the session with me so i wasn't on my own mm-hmm. in that session um so that was quite memorable
3: yeah probably not cool.
1: the nicest
3: <laughs>
2: maybe you open the prison door
1: maybe i don't know <laughs> it's hard to interpret sometimes yeah, responses yeah, yeah. Mm from clients like that, mm-hmm. um, who can't verbalize yeah. what what they're feeling or what they mean. Mm-hmm. It's just an expression of anger, mm-hmm. um, because before he had a stroke, he also uh, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, so I this see. person had a very compli- complex, complex yeah. presentation,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so it was really hard to, un- to sort of pick out what's happening. But yeah. There you go. That's wow. that's my story. Yeah,
0: um, no, that's definitely memorable.
1: Obviously, I was a bit in shock when it happened, and I I finished the session, and obviously, and I told the supervisor, and um, she said it's up to you if you want to do another session with this person. Again, the self
2: care you mentioned. Uh, yeah, you that's you when feel safe too. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that's when supervision can be very, very helpful. Mm. Um, even if you don't come to some kind of conclusion, just being able to talk about it with a supervisor. Mm. Yeah, it's tricky. I'd, I can't say that I've had an experience quite like that, but I did do a placement in mental
3: health.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I saw many people with schizophrenia, bipolar, you know, um, lots of mood swings happening all in the same mm. room. Um, I was taking music therapy slash relaxation session um, where we did a little bit of, um, I guess, kind of like GIM therapy kind of thing. So I was taking this relaxation session and I just remember there was one time where this... (laughs) actually no, a few times where people just got very upset during them. Um, And it wasn't that Something that happened in the session got them upset. It was just that something that happened outside of the room, I don't know, maybe a few mm-hmm. hours before, maybe a day before or something, that just came out in the session. It just it it just let them in this space where they could let things go almost. I don't mm. know, maybe that's what happened. Maybe you
1: I guess you're trying you always trying to find safe ways to do that as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, I uh, It wasn't
1: safe for me, but um but that was, that was, that was probably a very unusual event. Mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, it's not very common for something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. And I did never feel in any in, um, scared or in danger from this mm. person. Yeah. So, um, that was, that is what it is. And that, that's what
2: happened mm. that
1: maybe it was a release. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: then. And it's like challenging to do a yeah, gym with mental health as well.
0: Mm. They need
2: to be really short. Sessions because yeah, they exactly can get lost fashion. easily.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. I guess they got very upset because um that particular client just started crying and just couldn't stop crying, and so we had to end the session and um, talk about it one on one afterwards. But yeah, is is generally the the work that you do in the nursing homes? Are they all group sessions, or do you ever do one on one in the nursing home?
1: All of the work currently um, is, is in small groups.
0: Right. Oh, I have one
2: that is one-to-one. One. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just one. The, yeah. the ones that they're not um, out of their room very often.
0: There's been a few places where I've done group therapy but often the clients that we work with, you need lots of carers or um, helpers. Mm. Do you have good helpers in your sessions?
2: Then if it's um uh, with the uh, PMLD with but before there was one they are all them one to one care so they all have their care with them in the room.
1: And there's one care with with PMLD um clients and she um got quite anxious about her client who moved her arm like oh, this okay. and okay. she had limited movement beforehand mm-hmm. and so we we weren't sure if it was voluntary or involuntary movement. But she kind of said, oh, that means that she's agitated. agitated." And we were thinking the opposite. We were thinking this is a new thing and it's great. So...
0: Was that something that she did when she was agitated?
1: She'd never done it in a session with us before.
0: And it's been
2: with us a year and a bit. Oh, okay.
1: So we were confused Mm -hmm. then because... The care obviously is with this person for a long time, mm-hmm. but we don't know if she really knows that that means that she's agitated. That's what I'm going back to what do the responses mean? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you interpret that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A- and then, even if you think like Nora and Robbins and their early work and stuff, people go, What are you doing? You know, you, you're, you're reflecting back, you know, mm-hmm. but um, this person's clearly agitated. Why are you doing that? Crying, you know what I mean? Yeah it's like response is a response you know a feeling is a feeling Mm -hmm. you you agree? I don't know
2: it's a bit more complicated
0: yeah (laughs) it's tricky isn't it because you want to trust their carer that they know because they they spend so much time with them um I had a bit of a um interesting experience where I was still a student and I went along with my supervisor to a group setting and this was um in like a day care centre, I guess, for people with uh, profound disability. Um, so they weren't residents there, they just came to this place to do activities, and music therapy was one of them, and they we were playing this song, um, and it was just one of those sing-along kind of acti- there wasn't any like percussion or anything like that, um, and the more verbal clients I guess would encourage them to sing along. But there was this one client who was always quite, um, uh, very limited in their movement anyway. And a lot of the time they were just asleep (laughs) and they, you could, you could tell even though they did have that limited movement when they were asleep and they weren't, but this one carer during this song picked up her arms and started just like waving them like kind of like dancing. And that was quite, it was so confronting mm. to me because I was just not sure if that person was conscious, and I know the carer was trying to get them to join in and enjoy. And yeah, that was that was very difficult That sounds
1: to. yeah, that sounds really terrible to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: We've got people like that in care homes as well.
0: Mm, we I do. Wasn't sure yeah. what
1: to yeah.
2: feel. Not the big move, but they do. They play, to for play for
1: them, them. Play for them. Mm. Um, because maybe they don't, they don't understand a little bit,
2: and they're not listening to understand either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sometimes will, we yeah. have a little like a, oh. a, little information sheet for staff and carers, mm-hmm. um, just very brief, um, that sometimes helps yeah. if they read it. Yeah. You know, um, just that it's the resident session is not your session, <laughs> just. You know stay mm-hmm. out of the way if the resident invites you to play then be mm-hmm. present there with them but
0: yeah
1: i guess i was talking to my supervisor about this that i we've had people come in with the the, the tea tray in the middle of a session or <laughs> um you know just ridiculous things yeah. on the phone um you oh, know yeah. making a cup of tea mm-hmm. the kettle's going in the background um, and I was saying, can they not imagine what it might must feel like to be a client in a group like that?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine you went to see your counselling session or your talking therapy session and someone came in with a tea tray in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, but then maybe they don't get it. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't understand. Maybe they don't see it that way.
0: Yeah. Especially when they kind of see it rather than therapy, they see it more as like recreation. Yeah. Pleasure. Just entertainment.
2: It's mostly um, nurses that they actually do. It's not oh. all of them. Mm. And they we need to explain. Well, I had a, the care and a care home last week actually. Yeah. I was uh, I was actually upset with them. Yeah. That they came in so many times. They took a client out. What are you doing exactly? Yeah. And then we needed to sit and discuss it.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, I think maybe we need to be oh. quite firm sometimes, you know in terms of that but then it's difficult because because you want to try and you don't want to, you don't want to aggravate people as well you know yeah. do you know what I mean so it's like and you want to be right like a firm professional or oh, in that stop moment in exactly moments. yeah it's, um, just stop <laughs> yeah just stop
0: and yeah it's hard to sit with that discomfort <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely um and they can't see that it's it's not it's the, obviously the clients that are going to be affected by that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just, again, something.
3: Yeah.
1: Maybe to be quite firm at the beginning. I know a friend of mine who's in Liverpool. He, um, sometimes he will go in and maybe do some training before he starts at a setting, mm-hmm. um, which is ideal if, if, um, you can do that, but it's not always possible. Yeah.
3: But, yeah.
0: Yeah, in that in that particular example that I was talking about, the general atmosphere, I think on on their side, was great. They were all having a really good time, but from where I was, it was just so the opposite, <laughs> mm. and yeah, it was yeah it was very uncomfortable. But yeah, it's it's important to I guess um, talk about those boundaries, but have have carers there who understand what's going on as well. It's not just about Informing the management and as much as that particular place the management sort of, um, Music therapy is something that could really help their clients and something very very valuable But if the carers and the nursing staff don't quite get it either That's when it can be a bit tricky and I think um, It's wonderful if you can do those in-service presentations where you educate the staff, you know do a presentation and say mm-hmm. this is why we're doing this but they're often so busy that you can't even do that. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Mm. It's mm. tricky.
1: Mm.
2: Um, yeah. 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 Even yeah. if you help them to understand their residents, they just think that they actually waste their time, mm-hmm. and they're about I think they one need of the good things.
1: one of the things that maybe we could do more of is um, is that when someone maybe, because you have have you have some great staff members as well is to say that was really great thank you very much for helping me mm-hmm. then they feel great you know yeah
3: <laughs> just they are a great help yeah, actually to oh, do yeah. that.
1: Mm-hmm. make them, to make them feel
3: Value. valued mhm
1: um, really important as well yeah yeah absolutely. that's the negative say <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely all right um We may wrap it up there. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I feel like we got through a lot of things. Yeah. I might have to split it up into two podcasts actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you guys have a website, Creative Note Music Therapy?
1: That's right. Um, Yep, www.creativenotemusictherapy.com.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Do you guys have any other social media? Oh, we're on Facebook as well. Facebook? Um, Creative Note Music Therapy. You
1: can find us there. Sure.
0: Yeah, so you can find them um, on their Facebook or their website if you've got any questions. And you can always find me on my Facebook, at Music Therapy Now, and on YouTube as well, same thing. And Twitter, it's empty now underscore And Instagram, the Travelling Music Therapist. So I've got lots of things happening now, but I've been really enjoying my Instagram recently. <laughs> just <laughs> been putting up lots, of, actually it's mostly food. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) it's mostly food, but um, and no, I do want to put up a new video.